All right, good, good, good. I found a use for the symbol. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Fucking joint holder. <laughs> All right, let me get not sweaty and I'll do this. You're gonna no, be sweaty. Impossible. It's impossible. Welcome to Cover Fire Podcast. I'm Nick. That's Lou. Today we are joined by Mario from Upstate Records. What's up, my man? How you doing? What's going on, fellas? Happy to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Honestly, really happy to have you. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> dude. We've been looking forward to this one uh, for a minute. Just, you know, the correspondence we've had with you over uh, social media has been nothing but delightful. You yeah. just all been a pleasure to talk to you the entire time. Just super, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, super, super friendly, yeah. approachable, professional. Um, that's always a good thing uh, from us when, like, we're able to talk to somebody and they're not, like, a dick. (laughs) The way I look at it, man, we're all human beings. You know, we're all just people. We're all just trying to do our thing, you know, and ultimately just support each other. You guys are doing a thing that supports the scene. I'm doing a thing that helps support the scene. We're all in it together, man. Yeah. So why be a dick, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Like, be short, bro. How long have you been in the scene now? In the, uh, I guess, well, you know, metal, hardcore scene, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Well, I'm old, bro. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I started, you know, uh, I'm 50. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but started getting in like metal uh, in the early 80s. Probably, you know, every everybody's gateway band was Kiss in the early days. And then that led on to ACDC and Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. And then it just got progressively heavier, you know, when Metallica started to come around and you know, people talk about, you know, what Metallica did for hardcore and exposing, you know, misfits is what I'm thinking about. And people start checking that shit out. And then where I'm from, uh, Albany, uh, they had a great fucking scene, you know, growing up. And, you know, between Troy, Albany and Schenectady, just a really big hardcore scene, really a crossover hardcore scene. Yeah, the New York hardcore scene. Is uh has been a huge, I would say, influence for me in in, in hardcore New York art, uh, Jersey hardcore. Uh, I think it's something we just talked about actually with a band, which they're not even hard, they're, they're a thrash metal band. We just yeah. talked with Lich King was about the different nice. um hardcore uh you know areas over, especially over on the East Coast. You, you know Baltimore, uh, just the Western Mass hardcore scenes, uh, just such prolific things. But New York hardcore, um, yeah for me has always been something that I've, I've held pretty dearly. And there's just so much going on over there, especially, I mean, even now, but you know, back in the, in the day, there's Jersey and those New York hardcore bands were so important to the scene. So, And I, and I've lived really a privileged life, you know, because we're only a few hours away from New York city. So we would get, you know, sick of it at all, you know, leeway, you know, breakdown, they would come up and it was just like another home to them. So I got to see all those bands in the early days of when hardcore was really starting to, you know, explode, let's say. Yeah. And never had to really travel outside of this area. Everybody just came up to Albany. It was, it was a beautiful thing, man, for yeah. sure. That is definitely like super, super fucking yeah. lucky. I mean, we got, you know, the Detroit hardcore scene, which we got to which is super dope. Yeah. But I mean, as far, I mean, we're, we're not, you know, we're in our, th- our thirties. And so by the time that hardcore kind of got around to us when we were old enough to start appreciating. Into, appreciating it, a lot of those Detroit 
those I would say like more, the main main Detroit hardcore bands kind of were were going away and the scene was fading. I I would in my opinion kind of so especially out here in Detroit. I I think well we're in Grand Rapids now, but we're from Detroit. I would mm-hmm. I would think that the I would say overall Detroit the hardcore scenes made a resurgence in general uh, uh everywhere, but um in Detroit it's kind of just you have bands you have bands that do it well, but you know for us you know the scene is kind of just plateaued and not really exploded too much yeah um, i think that's just from when something that i was going to talk to you about later but we can i guess we can just fucking delve right into that question yeah, now go. um you know for us personally um we've just seen that the I, just watching the detroit hardcore scene just kind of plateau and i think it's a lot of just those inner conflicts between people and kind of losing that um that family mentality of the the hardcore scene uh, it just doesn't it doesn't feel like the a lot not everyone but a lot of the newer generations of hardcore musicians are f- focusing on that brotherhood the family uh, mentality that um that my friends look out for me like family yeah. uh i do um and i mean what do, do you notice that and if you do or don't why do you why do you think that happens or well I, it's interesting you know uh, i've heard people talk about you know hardcore in general you know there's different generations yeah. you know the first couple of generations and i probably didn't come in until maybe the second or third generation so there's bands before me that are really weren't my style but in the mid 80s late 80s you know there was obviously no social media and people went to shows just because there was a show going on it didn't matter it was all heavy music you know so that was that was the family that kind of developed, you know, your family, your friends, and we would just, whatever band was playing, you would go. That's what you did. And I think once like social media started to come into play, you know, maybe towards the late nineties, I think, you know, um, it started to become more fragmented because now our sense of family is through a computer screen rather than there's no underground kind of aura associated with it you know it's all spread out so now my friends who were all in albany at one time now i have friends that are in you know california or florida and i may gravitate towards them more than my own you know scene so to speak so i think the scene got bigger but individually at, at the local level maybe it got watered down or it got fragmented because there's just so much ex- more exposure. There's less word of mouth, you know, more of, you know, this is our thing. And with it exploding, you know, through the internet, now it opens up the doors for what I'll call knuckleheads coming in. And you've probably seen the shit, you know, of late, you know, the Madball show is a prime example. Yep. Yeah. You know, you know, it was such a beautiful sight, but yet, you know, the one or 2% knuckleheads come in as a, Look at those fucking guys. They're idiots for doing that type of thing. And they claim that they're part of the hardcore scene or metal scene. The fact of the matter is you wouldn't be saying that if you truly were. Yeah. So I think a a lot of the progression with social media and technology has helped expand uh, metal and hardcore for all the good things. But there's a lot of cons that kind of go along with it, you know the gateway or the gate to entry to get into the scene is much, much easier. You know, um, back then, if you came into a show and you look like you didn't belong, 
you're kind of you had to earn your way in so to speak if that makes any sense you know i don't think it was ever some sort of exclusive scene you know you come as you are you know there's no trend you know it was always diy back in the day so it was always do it yourself you had to you had to you had to I, don't, I mean, I wouldn't say that I was around for a lot of that, but just having have talked to enough people and 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 read yeah. and listened, it seems like while people were hard on everyone and kind of had to, it was more of like a like a trial by fire kind yeah, of yeah, like an earn earn your stripes type deal. Come on in, let's make sure that you're not just here as a fucking poser and you're here to fucking yeah, you're some, not one of those fucking you're here to make heads. some music and have a good time and be part of the scene yeah. and actually contribute to the scene is what i i vibe from that or i get totally it. and I, I felt you know there it was a style to it you know there was a cultural style but it wasn't trendy at all mm-hmm. you know anything but trendy and you know today there's a lot more trendiness to it you know you know i still wear baggy pants and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, I have no idea what this, what the trend is these days. But you go to shows and you see it. You know, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting. But I, I I would just like if we embrace you know the legacy bands more. You know, and dealing with you know people over in Europe, and they're just way more tolerant, and I love it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what age that band is, you know, they could be 40, 50, 60 year old bands and the Europeans just, they embrace them, you know, whereas here in America, it seems to be, you know, the legacy bands are cast aside, oh, they're too old, they're not trendy enough and everybody locks on to the newest, freshest thing. And it'd be a great thing if, you know, the younger cats respected the older cats and the older cats respected the younger cats. And that's where I think some of the fragmentation of the scene has come in too, because it's like, geez, back in my day, I, we did it like this. Well, yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, there's a lot Still of that. fucking heavy music, you know, just enjoy it and have exactly. fun. Cause... That sound like I'm a, you know, bitter old man or anything, but <laughs> I think there's a lot of potential still. The scene. Yeah, Nick grew up within the Detroit hardcore scene. Um, I did not. Um, I mean, I did. You know, we grew up with you know in Detroit, but he grew up within the hardcore scene. Yeah. Um, his brother is super into the local, Very, yeah. like Detroit hardcore scene. So he got a shitload of exposure. It was like um, since I could remember, my my brother would just be like, "Oh, you gotta go to the show." And I like, I, I remember I'd be like younger, like first getting into the music not even understanding what fucking shows I'm going to. And then later on in life, I'm looking back like, yo, that show was fucking insane. Like I didn't respect it then. Cause I was so young, but then it's like now growing up, I have this like mad respect for all of those bands that kind of like paved the way for this, like this sound in like, just like a uh, massive for lack of a better term, like the girth that is put forward by hardcore. So you only get yeah. that one feel that comes through with it. And then like, I always remember you go to a show and then there'd be a dude too. That's just like, Oh, Hey, how are you? I remember you from the last show. You're hillbilly's yeah, brother or yeah, something yeah. like that. And it was that like kind of family. And you still have that with that. With yeah. That, with that crowd. Though. Mm-hmm. You still get that. You know, I meet those guys one time and they all remember exactly who, who I am. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, those are like the tattoo yeah. boys. They're, yeah. they're cool. Good, good people. Mm-hmm. And that's but, what uh, I love about, you know, the underground scene. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of camaraderie, you know, a lot of friendships that developed and there's no hangups, you know, no joy. There shouldn't be any judgment. No, yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, with with that, you know, you know, we talk about this on most episodes where there's hardcore music involved. I mean, me and Nick are we we'll interview doesn't we end up interviewing a lot of heavier musicians just because that's where our niche is. Yeah. Well, you know, we've also interviewed hip hop musicians, and like we 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 are down. We have a I don't know a a, a emo band we're interviewing yeah. um, at the end of the month you know we're, we're not we're we like music we appreciate music but we're awesome. both heavy like we love heavy music whereas nick kind of started in the hardcore scene and gravitated more towards death metal later it's on slam is what i'm like. or slam that's whatever, what i'm going yeah, into now just slam, whatever yeah, we'll just call dude, it death metal, metal. We'll just, yeah. i started more in the death metal area or the like heavier death core, yeah, yeah deathcore death metal and then i moved into hardcore <laughs> i and you know like <laughs> I I'm nonstop listening it's to. It's funny we laughed. Yeah, completely did. Um, so you brought up those legacy bands. Um, who who was a who were some of the legacy bands for you? Who would you label as as those legacy bands? Well, definitely, you know, band breakdown is really probably was my gateway to into hardcore. There was something about that band when I heard that demo. You know, um, unfortunately, you know, the first Cro-Mags, Age of Quarrel, that was another <laughs> one that broke me in sick of it all you know how yeah. can you not talk about hardcore and not talk about sick of it all i mean they're 35 years in I love and sick of it all. they're still putting on a fucking banger of a show every time they play you yeah, know dude, i saw them uh, two or three years ago in at smalls in hamtramck in michigan that tiny venue i remember you messaged amazing me like trying to get me to come out there yeah, too and I amazing show what that was so much energy yeah you know other, I mean, obviously, you got to talk about Agnostic Front, mm-hmm. Madball. Um, yeah, Madball, yeah. You know, there, there's just Killing Time, Raw mm-hmm. Deal. You know, those are the legacy bands that really paved the way. Leeway. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Leeway is probably one of the bands that, you know, one of the first pioneers, if you will, that started to take hardcore and mix it with metal. But we've had, you know, a ton of bands, you know, coming out of the – Albany area that we call legacy bands, you know, bands like Stigmata, Section Eight. You say uh, Section Cutthroat. Section Eight or Section Hate? Section Eight. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, I, I I'm of aware of Section Hate, both but of Section them, Eight both... was a local band that yeah. you know, Life of heard... Agony is another yeah. band, you know, I would call legacy that is actually still kicking it, you know. So I mean, that's literally one of the things I do in my free time is just cruise, yeah. listening to hardcore <laughs> i mean that's all i do i mean i wouldn't say all i do there's plenty of things i other types of music i do but i mean i definitely just cruise just trying to find um and that's one of the one of the the, the things i wanted to kind of talk about was this recent resurgence um and, and hardcore becoming more popular um uh, you, for me i noticed and i'd say in the last five years it seems like every everyone's talking about some a hardcore band it, yeah. it seems like where, where it wasn't as popular. Um, and for, for one of the things I noticed is there's this YouTube channel, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's the Hate 5-6 YouTube channel where he does the, the live. Yeah, Sonny, man. Yeah, I've never never met the guy, uh, but he makes uh, – obviously, he does amazing things for, for the scene. Yeah, 100 fucking percent. Do you, do you think that some of these live videos – and maybe it's not just him, but other people that do them as well. Do you think some of these live videos could uh, play some of that um, – uh, some of that push into like push into that that resurgence where you see more of this popularity uh, included more of the mainstream. Hell yeah, hell yeah! You know, like I was saying earlier, you know, 
when I first started going to shows, there's you know, 50, 100 people there. It was really a small community. And then yeah. obviously, you know, internet, you know, you know, for, you know, fast forward, you know, 10, 15 years, you got the internet. Yeah. Sonny doing his thing, you know, hardcore worldwide is another great YouTube yeah. channel. You can see shit from all over the world, yep. but yeah, I think that's the way it grows um, from a technology standpoint, but also things come in cycles. You know, we've seen hardcore go up, go down, go up, go down. And yeah, I think there's another surgence, you know, we're seeing more. I think when, you know, Sonny captures a great performance, not only from the band, but from the crowd perspective, people are intrigued. And people, I think, gravitate towards hardcore because of its realness. You know, you're talking about real things, real emotions, and then it's coming with this high impactful energy. And it is a very youthful thing. They always say, you know, hardcore keeps people young because there's a certain level of energy and testosterone, if you will, that needs to get out. And when you listen to that music or, you know, for the younger cats and they're jumping into the pit, it's a release. It's, it's a good thing, you know? So I think with the sign of the times too, you know, when tensions are high, you know, underground heavy music, obviously I think becomes more appealing as well. So I think it just, you know, the conditions are right. And I'm, happy to see people playing music again because there was a time when everybody was getting behind the computer getting fruity loops and whether they're creating hip-hop beats or yeah. making fake music what have you but there's nothing like a band getting into the studio and you know banging out some really heavy shit right right i think like kind of touching on the resurgence of it too i feel like uh there's these especially some of these bands that are coming out too that are growing pretty like like relatively fast is they're taking hardcore from its basics and they're adding like this kind of groovy beat down aspect to it. Like I've seen that pop up a lot where people are like, they don't have to like come up in the hardcore scene or the metal scene it to respect certain aspects of this song. And so that's kind of like pulling them in and then it's like introducing them and they're like, Oh, maybe, maybe I could get into this. Maybe I could listen to this. And there's like a couple people I've seen at work where they're like, they strictly listen to hip hop. But every now and then they're just like, oh, and they'll play some like like some random hardcore song that has this like groovy two step part. And that's the part that they really love. And then that's introducing them to this metal scene. And then like they're slowly picking like, oh, I like this. So this one's kind of like it. And then then I feel like that's helping it grow, too, is these couple of little songs that have these groovy, you know, two steppy parts that people just want to move to and release their anger and aggression. As you were kind of saying that testosterone buildup where if they listen to hip hop all day, it's kind of just like this bouncy bouncy, or if they listen to country or, you know, pop, it's all this like certain type, but everybody has that aggression in them. No matter what, we're all humans, as you were saying. And I think that kind of, everybody can relate to it. They just have to find their own niche. And then hardcore is so, I feel like now it's getting so like you're able to have a base in hardcore, but then kind of like, like turn that either way. Like what, 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 uh, Oh God, fuck. What was that band? Moral slip. I think it is. Mm -hmm. They're that hardcore techie. They like, they're like vain. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's a completely new like style for like hardcore that 
there's a lot of people that could gravitate to that as opposed to just this, you know, mad ball style. There's even like what, what three, one, three is doing in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, they're doing that, that genty. Yeah. Addition exactly. to that hardcore with yeah. the two vocalists, female, male vocalist. It's the back forth. Like, yeah. So they're doing that like metally. It's almost crossover, but it's got like this weird gent thing to it, but the hardcore yeah. sound as well. So those guys are dope. If you haven't checked them out, do that. Three one three. Yeah. Three one three. Yeah. Check yeah. it out. Man. Yeah. A lot it's of bands. We'll, out, yeah. we'll, we'll drop out. I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll probably end up throwing out a bu- moral slip too. Uh, we Moral just dropped. Yeah. Like I said, heard of them. Yeah. yeah. New. Yeah. We just uh, we interviewed them. They're from the UK uh, a little bit ago. Those guys were hilarious. Oh, they're awesome. <laughs> they're <laughs> so much fun. Hilarious. And then uh, we just uh, well, hard reset too. Um, yeah. They're interesting. Uh, good what band. They, what did they uh? We had a we had a problem with the whole thing, but they kept referring to themselves as Nashville Hardcore, Nashville Heavy, Nashville Heavy. That's Nashville what it is, heavy. Nashville Heavy. That's their brand, is Nashville yeah. Heavy. Is what they, they I dig it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I can't keep up with all the genre names. Yeah. To yeah. Me, yeah. You know, if it's heavy and if you know yeah. my head bops to it, I'm down. Exactly. Yeah, you know? it's it's hardcore. It's it's hardcore to me. You know, it's but you know they, that's how that's like their branding is. That's how they want to like is Nashville heavy, I guess. They're just what they're, they're using. Yeah. All good, all good tunes. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I can't like, I still, there'll be days where I'll go and I'm just like, I'll start like listening to one band and then like, I'll hear like a, like maybe a, like five second part out of the song. And it reminds me of hard reset. And I'm like, well, I want to listen to this song. And I just keep fucking gravitating back to that band this whole month. I'm just like, I cannot stop. They're like, dude, I don't know. There's something about them that just drives me fucking insane. Right, recently. Check them out. Yeah, yeah dude. Nice guys. But um, awesome. So let's let's talk a little bit about um uh, Upstate Records. So you guys founded in 2017. Is that correct? That is uh, correct, with, man. With your wife Kim, correct? Yeah, you're scaring me, bro. <laughs> um. So what's my social security number? <laughs> well, well, we can't tell you that yeah, yet. Yeah. We got we, we got to save that. Yeah, we got to use you, that later. If you we'll listen a little bit longer, <laughs> you'll get a social security number. <laughs> um. So what what kind of what drove you guys to want to start uh, a record label and not just a record label, but um, a record label focused on sort of uh, underground metal hardcore musicians. Uh, not just, I mean, I guess you don't just have underground musicians, but, you know, focusing on those and keeping it independent, keeping it yeah. uh, focused towards towards all of that. What kind of drove you guys to make that decision? Well, there's there's two things, I guess, where it co- comes together. Kim is, you know, a crackerjack when it comes to, like, graphics and video editing. And I've played in bands and d- dabbled in, let's say, audio engineering and so forth. So my old band was really kind of fizzling out and I just wanted to stay connected to the scene. And it's just like, uh, I'm not down with this anymore. So I turned to her one day and said, Hey, why don't we start a record label? And she said, what are you fucking nuts? What are you, you know, we got yeah. three kids. We're already active, you know, a lot with our personal lives. And we said, well, we'll just take it slow. You know, we'll, you know, support, you know, some of the local bands, maybe we'll put out like four releases a year, you know, really, really stay connected, but also uh, satisfy our creative side of things, you know, from the audio side, from the graphic side. And that way we can have still our life, you know, and next thing you know, um, it really kind of took off, you know, 
unbeknownst to us, it was going to grow yeah. as fast as it did. Uh, but it's our passion. We've always had a passion for heavy music. Kim plays the drums as well. I play guitar and bass, and sometimes, you know, we jam and shit. But seeing uh, or being on this side with the label and supporting the bands, it's probably been one of the most gratifying experiences. You know, playing live is amazing, uh, you know. Uh, but being on this side and watching, you know, our bands play out and make an impact out there is it's just, it's like having a bunch of more kids, you know, it's, it's extremely rewarding. I love it. You know, I can't like, I can't even imagine that aspect of it too. looking at it where you go from the front to just this back part. And then you kind of have, it's weird to say like you have your fingers in so many pots of these people that you just watch and all you want for them is to kind of grow. And that seems like what you're doing there is literally you're just like, these people need to be heard. Exactly. Exactly. And with my old band, we started to get sniffed around by a couple labels. And what they put on the table was like, yo, this is fucking ridiculous. You know, yeah. it's stupid, you know. Um, and we're like, all right, we want to take it from the artist perspective where we come in and be like the sixth person to the band where they can focus on the music and we take on, you know, the distribution and the, the marketing aspects and the promotion. And we work together in a collaborative effort, if you will, to help them get their music out there. And um, we've learned a lot, you know, we went into this not really knowing much about running a record label, but, you know, we just been making mistakes, learning from our mistakes, you know, sometimes, you know, we have a hunch and, you know, it pans out and sometimes it doesn't, but we rarely make the same mistake twice, you know? Yeah. And as we start to grow, we start to value our partnerships and supporting one another, you know, still maintaining that kind of family atmosphere, the mentality. And we're very selective in regards to the bands that we bring on. It seems like we have a lot of bands, but the bands that we bring on to the label, there's, like an immediate connection, you know, from a friendship perspective, we can go to the show and it's not like some business, Oh, there's the label and there's us. And we're going to have this kind of back and forth. It's, you know, it's a pound and a hug and really, Hey, it's great to see it. It's just that family atmosphere that we want to carry on. And that's the most enjoyable part that we actually can maintain these friendships. It's not like, the bands that come on are under some sort of obligation to perform or they're going to get cut from the label, so to speak. You know, we're not that we're not cutthroat like that. Yeah. That makes any sense. So you guys have upstate records Europe. Is that, do you run that as well? Uh, or in conjunction with somebody else? I, I mean, I would yep. assume uh, somebody. We, we kind of sourced it out to Andy from demons run or excuse me, Andy from dead man's chest. So Dead Man's Chest is a band from the UK. They're like a metal, hardcore, crossover type band. And Kim and I were talking about distribution in Europe. And it's like, how do we figure this out? Because we have some good connections. Uh, Demons Run Amok and Cortex have been absolutely phenomenal to us. But they're selective too. You know, they're running a business and they're like, all right, we like that band, but we don't like that band. And we want to be able to have that solidified outlet in, in Europe 
so Andy one day just said, hey, we're thinking about starting a record label. It's like, hey, by the way, we're thinking about branching out into Europe. So do you want to head up upstate Europe? And he said, yeah. And so at the beginning of this year, we kind of kicked it off. We've been a little on the slower side than we anticipated building it up. But I just sent over a bunch of material over to him and he's setting up the store and we'll be off and running. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I saw you guys have distribution in Japan as well and Australia. Is that is that a thing? Yeah. So yeah, hero (laughs) hero from uh, Retribution Nerds. He runs probably one of the best, coolest, well-known record stores. You know, not only in Japan, but he's you know world-known, so to speak. He's great dude. And we just developed a relationship. You know, he was a big fan of Albany, Troy Core, Hardcore. Uh, so he are, already had a connection to this area, and then we just developed a relationship. He likes our bands, he likes our music, and he takes it on. And then Peter from 1054 Records out of Australia, he was one of the ones in the early days that gave me a shot. So as we're starting the label and you're developing these networks, you knock on somebody's door and they shut the door in front of you. He's one of the ones that opened up the door and said, hey, yeah, let's let's collaborate. So we send stuff over to him. He sends stuff yeah. over to us, and it's like it's a mutual partnership. And then you guys became the uh, what is it? The first independent label to partner with Blood Blade Blood Blast Distribution in 2020. You guys are fucking amazing. Yeah, we, <laughs> like, we, we do we do our research. <laughs> we try, man. Hammers in there, or you broke my house or something? We try, man. We, uh, we uh we try to spend our time to make sure that we know a little bit about people before we start talking to them. Uh, we, Bro, we, we, we don't be playing this off because you said <laughs> you didn't have any notes. Yeah, no, we got literally. This got is literally we have like like bare minimum yeah, fucking notes. We, Usually we like it's very intense what we normally go through the process we go through for researching. Dude, there was um, like a there was an episode we did where we knew the guys' dogs' names and that, well, that was a lot of you on that, that one. Was like, yeah. It was fucking wild. Yeah. Like I, just, I called out was it the one I called out every single inspiration they ever yeah. had. <laughs> like, we so, try, but uh, but um, you know, the, the thing is is like before we jump kind of into what he was saying, we we also really love doing this. Uh, That's awesome. kind of to piggyback on what you were saying, like we started this in February of this year, February. Yeah. Uh, literally had no idea what we we're getting into. Thought no, it was going to be a lot up. fucking easier. Oh yeah. Uh, we did. <laughs> uh, turns out, turns out this shit is not that easy. Yeah. Um, we and did a lot and of once you get a handle on it. We're still, right. Yeah. We're you're still like, all right, we got it. And then all this new shit comes in. There's just yeah. like, you take it. We're still it learning, but like there was a lot of times where like, we literally like we're learning. We learned how to edit video on the fly. We had, a, no, we had no idea how to edit video at all. We learned how to edit a video the 24 hours before we dropped we our dropped first a, video. Yeah, like, That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we learned how to use it like to do all that. We've, I mean, just so many things Edits, that we've picked up. There was up. one episode we had this huge sound interference. Then we had to learn how to edit sound. Like, Well, we've been editing sound, but yeah, not to the level that we had to start. That. So now we've... Holy yeah, shit. Oh, so it's just, we, we love doing this. Honestly, we just love talking to... Uh, yeah to people we love inter- talking to musicians. I mean, one of my, my, I'm so excited for shows to come back because I want to like try to start talking to people at shows. I yeah. want to take, Hey, let me get 15 minutes of your time to just, you know, talk. Uh, that's like my, my, my biggest thing right now is I want to, now that we're doing this and we're taking this seriously, like I want to start branching off and actually getting to know people like, Hey, let me get 15 minutes of you at the show. You know, doing that. Like this is something that we never, and, and it's actually, it's starting to go pretty well for us. So mm-hmm. we're, 
we're picking up a decent amount of steam. We, we really enjoy doing this. It's not, it's, it's a just, hobby for yeah. sure, but it's also starting to turn into more of a hobby, more yeah. than a little bit of a hobby, sure. which is Absolutely. great. It's great. Um, you know, we definitely started this just kind of, we dove right in. We set like completely unrealistic goals, which oh, we yeah. thought were realistic <laughs> and learned very quickly. They were not realistic because uh, we had no awesome, idea what the man. fuck we were doing um but yeah it's it's been a it's been a great ride um and we just honestly we enjoy we we really just enjoy being able to talk to because we love music so much Uh, just just being able to talk to like-minded people yeah i remember when appreciate music is 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 just i remember when you agreed to come on too and he's like uh uh i was like what he's like my from upstate wants to come on and i was like what (laughs) like and me and him both were like oh my fucking god there's just this solid like like moment of us like every time i feel like like every time somebody's like yeah they'll come on we're like this is we, get, we just we feel so like excited. two idiots in a basement just rambling into microphones and other people just kind of like like yeah let's do it and it's it doesn't matter who they are uh we're just happy whether, like, whether yeah. they have 70 Same, man you know when you guys are like i'm i'm just another dude in another basement <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, <laughs> You know, I, I share the same passion or we we share the same passion. And, yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. I always say to my kids, you know, as crazy as it may sound, um, if you want it, you got to go get it. Yep. And it yeah. sounds like exactly that's what you guys are doing. And, yeah, yeah you're going to make some mistakes along the way. But your passion will carry through. Yeah. And it'll just grow just really based upon your passion. If you're half-stepping or you're just doing it, because everybody else has got a podcast then you're gonna flop you know yeah, and um, we've, if you're genuine you'll, you'll make it happen for sure that's awesome guys we've interviewed people with 70 monthly listeners on spotify and 500,000 monthly listeners yeah. on spotify Sweet. and and we're just as excited and we treat everyone no matter no matter who who they are and how big they are um Don't we're we're just as equally excited to talk to anybody it doesn't matter matter who you are we we you're all that you're all the same we just want to talk to you so it doesn't matter how popular you are. Uh, we're, we're, just, we're, just, we're just stoked. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. We're just stoked. So. I just thought about like, we just rope these people in with the facade of a music podcast just to fill their head with conspiracy theories the whole time they're here. <laughs> hey, I'm down. <laughs> have, we, have we done that yet? No, I don't think uh, so. Oh, man. But let, let's get, let's stick back into what you were saying. You had a, you had a thing. Yeah. yeah. So as yeah. I was saying, uh, yeah, 2020. You guys became the first independent label to partner with Blood Blast Distribution. Um, and those are, I kind of did a little like research on that. And that is a solo, like not a solo, but a solely digital distribution place. So that kind of, I thought that was super awesome that you're getting this hardcore onto, you know, uh, like just a digital way so it could go harder rather than just like these EP tapes that somebody's like, hey, yo here you go here you go that you're handing through like just word of mouth basically and uh so kind of i was wondering how was that getting into that how did you get about it and how is the kind of your feedback from that aspect then well the way i look at things is is life is like fishing man you just got to put the pole in the water not be afraid to knock on doors and not be afraid of rejection and uh we were working with these streets at the time and they had already signed on to blood blast and i was sniffing around to blood blast because i was looking for a new digital aggregator digital distribution aggregator 
and it just aligned. And I started talking with the rep over a blood blast, started pitching him some of our bands and he dug it. And you're right. You know, we were the first, first label to get signed with, with blood blast. So what it's done for us is blood blast is really, really refined in regards to their approach with their releases, as far as having structure and templates and making sure all the assets are in place. So prior to blood blast, you know, we were just learning. Nobody really gave us the answers to the test. This is how you do it. We just did it the way we felt natural, you know? Yeah. And um, when they came in, they really kind of developed a process for us. It made us a little bit more, I wouldn't say bureaucratic in some, re- some regards, but they provided us a system for a release and it's worked out tremendously. Yeah, it's, it's a major pain in the ass on the front end because we can't, we're not as nimble as we were before. A band will come in and be like, hey, we got a release. We looked at the turnaround time for, you know, doing CDs. Okay, we'll, we'll pop it out in 45 days. Now we're looking at release timelines that are like four or five months before we get to the release date. Mm-hmm. That's because we're really focusing on the marketing aspect much more than ever, making sure that we're getting the distribution all locked in, getting out to you know media outlets, video premieres, single premieres, locking all that down. So in some regards, it's growing pain. Um, it's part of, I guess, growing the label that, you know, you lose some of that nimbleness, you know, how fast you can go. And I don't want to say that we've become more like another label, let's say, because we still want to maintain that underground DIY feel, but there is a process. And that process only really benefits the band with maximizing the exposure. So that's, so that's why it's been, it's been really great, man. They've done phenomenal by us. Hell yeah. So one thing you've brought up leeway a couple times now, uh, leeway seems to be a pretty influential band for you. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> How is it having leeway as one of your artists being them so influential to you being able to have them on your artist list? Well, you, you start talking about getting excited, you yeah. know, with <laughs> having guests on. So when we get to artists, you know, there's the same level of excitement, you know, and we were at, the black and blue bowl a couple of years ago and Eddie was playing and he had a management team and we just started talking and next thing you know, things are developing and we get home and we start talking with his management group. we get on the phone with Eddie and next, thing you know, it's, it's, it's going. And yeah. I'm like, this is fucking insane. You know, right. I first saw leeway back in 1990 had the bootleg copy of Born to Ex- Expire. I was a huge fan. And then for us to be working alongside him is just, you know, blows me away. I'm a, I'm a kid again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a chance to talk to him over the weekend. Um, he's, he's doing great. I don't know if you guys know, but he came down with a, a bout of cancer. I did not know and, that, no. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a little bit of a tough run for him, but he's doing great. Uh, he's got to go through some more treatments, but we're already talking about, you know, releasing some more stuff Hell yeah. and that's what I want to hear. Yeah, exactly, you know, right? he's in it for the long haul. He feels good. Uh, but we talked about, you know, us coming together and 
you know, he's been on some labels. He's been around the world and he's come to the conclusion, you know, he just wants to settle in on kind of this family type atmosphere. And I'm glad that we're able to give him a home and I'm happy. Yeah. And that's actually, it's, it's crazy. So, um, I love, so I love hardcore in general, whether it's new, old. Uh, so you have a lot of, um, notable bands. You have the Bushido code. They just dropped new music in April. There was a new album in April, I believe. Yep. April. Uh, those guys, brick by brick. Those guys are, uh, heavy, uh, into the hardcore. I mean, the, the, these are some of the big names I would, I would, yeah. when I associate hardcore, when I, when I hear of hardcore and think of maybe not necessarily like these, the huge mainstream hardcore, but these guys are, are bigger names in hardcore. You have Bushido code, you have leeway. Like you mm-hmm. said, you have brick by brick. Uh, you have these streets, uh, Kings never die. I mean, and you even brought up Dead Man's Chest uh, from the UK. How, like, I know you've said that this has taken off uh, a lot faster than you anticipated, but, like, how surreal does it feel for you to be able to bring on people of, you know, this caliber so quick into uh, starting a record label? Like, how does that really feel for you? How does it feel? If it feels like a dream, you know, I'll be, you know, emptying out the, the litter box or taking out the garbage and like, Holy shit. I run a, we, we run a record label, you know, and we have distribution in Japan, somebody in Japan is buying our CD and saying, Oh, upstate records, you know, it's, it's mind boggling, you know? Um, but it's, it's also very, very humbling as well. And I mean that with all sincerity, it's just, we don't, have that aspiration to be you know a century media or anything we like where we are um we have our day jobs you know our our kids are fed the bills are paid and you know what started out as a hobby you know is really our passion so will this ever turn into a full-time job someday i would love for it only because i think i could do a lot more if had more time to dedicate it to it um but yeah, it, it's totally a surreal uh, feeling. You know, when we get a box of CDs or vinyls and we open them up, it's like Christmas. You know, <laughs> it's still that same feeling like we help get this out there. And yeah. um, it's wicked gratifying. Wicked. So what what made you so passionate about metal hardcore? Like what what drove you to become so passionate about about this particular type of music that's a fucking great question man and sometimes i think about what drew me in and all i can think about is i remember as it as a really young kid hearing the beatles um come together i don't know why that one sticks out but it was kind of heavy you know i mean the beatles real quick the beatles are heavy for if you've not heard heavy music before Beatles are kind of heavy. Yeah, there's like a couple <laughs> you know, songs that I could I, I could feel that. Yeah, hundred. But it was that beat. It was like that. Jun, 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 dun, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. it had it had that kind of like head bob kind of thing. And yeah. I'm only I don't know seven eight years old when I heard it. I was like, I dig it. And my parents were more into like Motown type shit. You know, stuff that probably you guys can relate to. Yeah. Um, but like. <laughs> yeah. Like Sly and the Family Stone was just yep. rock. To me. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. just something that just really grabbed me about it. And 
getting into, like I said, kiss and, you know, kind of crunchy guitars, but all that shit never really was like, you know, this is really cool, but you're always searching for something more, you know? And yeah. it was really by the time, um, you know, Metallica really started with uh, Ride the Lightning. I was like, wow, I'm really into this shit. But the lyrical content was still missing, you know? Yeah. You know, they're singing about kind of like what they're going through, but not really. It was more fictitious in yep. sort of way. Yep. Um, and then Slayer came in, and that's just like brutal ass shit. But it wasn't until I heard like Cro-Mags for the first time or Breakdown. I was like, these guys are singing about some shit I can really relate to. Yeah. You know, this is this is good shit. So they asked me how I got into heavy. I don't know. It's just genetic, I guess. You know? <laughs> One thing led to another and you wanted to hear somebody scream about this I mean, shit. I feel like everyone has a very similar story as to how they became part or so passionate about it. For me, like you said, I was always chasing that next, that next thing. It was always, always chasing. Um, I'd hear something and I'm like, God, this is fucking heavy. I love this. All right. Now, how do I, how do I, what, what do I find that's heavier than this? What do I, this isn't heavy enough for me. This isn't where I want to be. It's not even just heavy, but like this, this doesn't make me feel the way I want to feel, but I like it. Um, so just constantly, consistently chasing that that feeling of like heaviness and you said the lyrical content of, of being able to uh, relate to that music as well. So, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, my parents kind of came from like an inner city kind of vibe, you know, um, and that kind of transcended into a little bit of a, uh, an attitude or aggressive attitude. And it just seemed to, fit naturally you know yeah. aggressive music a little bit of aggressive attitude it's just like you know this this fits you know air supply or journey never really did it for me you know what i mean mm. or country music yeah remember it was like it'd be like i'd be my mom my mom and dad always listened to like country or motown and stuff and i remember my mom was more kind of into like the early 80s like metal and like not too much but every now and then she would like, like, I remember she'd play Linkin Park or something or like new metal, or she would have like one of my older brother's tapes that he would have played like from this, these eighties bands, like hair metal. I remember, uh, I found this, this, uh, this vinyl in my mom's like record label. And it was this band called Halloween. I think it was <laughs> Halloween. Dude, yeah, yeah, I know. And it was the self-titled album and it had like the girl sitting on a pumpkin and it like, it was like jack-o'-lantern. And like, I remember just looking at it being like, what is this? And like, like she was doing something and I put it in the record label or like I put it in the record player and I like press play and listen to it. And I was like, what is going on? It was like the first <laughs> time I had heard like, like that kind of like music. And she's like, what, what did you, where did you find this? You know, takes it out, puts it away. And then like getting later on in life, I'd kind of like hear that and be like, okay. And I remember I heard Dragula when I was in my brother's car, like one of my, my other brother's car. And I was like, oh, I like this. And then my mom would listen to Lincoln park. And I always remembered like these 30 second parts where I'd be like, this is really cool. But the rest of the song, like I want it to be heavier, <laughs> just like this. And I always remember yeah. like, oh, what if this, 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 this. And then I found cannibal corpse was like the first band that kind of like, bam i was like here we go 
that like really hit it off. And that's where like I was listening to it. My older brother lived in uh, he lived like in Garden City and I lived uh, I lived a little while away. So we didn't really see each other that too, like too often. And then I remember he came over one day and I was like, oh, I found this band. And he's like, oh, you've reached the metal stage. And then he just like <laughs> kind of flooded me. And he's like, all right, hardcore. And that's where like, I kind of got into that where he's like, oh, you like corpse? Just wait. And then like got me into this hardcore scene. And I just remember like when I found that, all I listened to was corpse. And then I found this hardcore scene and I was like, there's more of this. It's not just this one type of like just open chord, go, go, go. There's like all these other variations could do with it. And that really, I think that kind of like propelled me into finding every aspect of every form of metal. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, you, you guys are talking about hip hop. Oh, yeah. Totally, right? I love hip hop. <laughs> I'm a definitely an old Scott, old school hip hop dude, you know, the yeah. newer stuff. I just have a hard time, you know, grasping, I'm, you know, yeah. sound like an old guy again, but well, back back in the day you know hardcore and hip-hop there's a lot of similarities you know culturally the way you know people acted and dressed and it was you could hear a lot of hip-hop influences in the old style hardcore you know when you got to the breakdowns those were hip-hop beats in some regards yeah. you know so it all kind of melds together so to speak you know with that head bob stuff um I can't say I'm a big fan of Cannibal Corpse. I think they're cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> put out no worries. Their new, but well, I, I need I need a head bomb, you yeah, know. Exactly. Their new album, honestly, there's uh there's a one song it's called Murderous Rampage. Bro. And actually. if there's actually quite a bit of head bopping you can do to that song. Um it's there's two guitar I don't know. Yeah. Not to like fluff we love Cannibal Corpse, so not yeah, to fluff them up too much. It's uh, all metal, man. All but we metal. really do. Um, but yeah, hip hop, honestly, the thing is, is that there's so much new hip hop that I think that gets watered away um, from how popular the mainstream new hip hop is that people forget that there's still artists out there like Freddie yeah, Gibbs, Freddie Gibbs, Royce to five, nine yep. are still out there putting out these classic fucking Jay Cole, Jay Cole like, even Nas put out. Oh, yeah. So you still have these amazing hip-hop albums that are still, still yes, yeah they're still doing these great um even tara reed to an extent yeah so like there's you still have these great old sounding hip-hop artists that still exist and they still do really well and they're still very popular but they're overshadowed by this emo trap meta, whatever this the fuck. weird fucking and, and, like, and, 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 like, whatever you know not to shit on no. any, not to shit on anybody's music you know like it's not for me, you know, it's not for me. And that's not to say that I've never heard, I've (laughs) never not, I've heard a song within every single genre of music that I like, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. I mean, I'll, I've always heard, there's always a song that I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. You're like, I kind of like that a little bit and it makes me want to jam it a little further. Yeah. But I mean, so for hip hop, if you haven't heard of Freddie Gibbs, by the way, um, I would suggest, uh, you go and jam some Freddie Gibbs. Uh, that is a uh, if you like old school hip hop, you're gonna love Freddie Gibbs. He's been around for a long time. Uh, he just started like for whatever reason becoming really popular. He got nominated for his first Grammy. Um, oh shit! I don't, I'm not really sure why it took this long. Yeah, he's, he's 40 years old, <laughs> yeah. and he like I he's think amazing. it was three years ago. He just got like yeah. he just blew up. Yeah, and you ever heard yes. of Royce to Five Nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
He also just dropped out an amazing. So we on one the allegory, thing, yeah. One of the things that we do if we don't interview people, well, we actually that's really all we do now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we used to do album reviews uh, oh, as nice. well. So that was one thing that we used to do. And yeah. Nick, I would give Nick an album, and Nick would give me an album. We try to give each other an album of something that we hadn't heard before. Or yep. that would kind of challenge us uh, to listen to something. And while I love Royce to Five Nine, that album is challenging to listen to front to back because there's a couple interludes in it, and I don't like listening to yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah, of interludes over and over again. But I mean, sure. so I would definitely, uh, if you're looking for some good hip hop, check out. Didn't uh, that album become like one of your most played albums? Oh, Royce to Five Nine is now my number one played <laughs> Spotify artist, <laughs> <laughs> and Freddie Gibbs is number two. Yeah. So, like. so um, I would, if you're looking, if you're looking to try to jam some hip hop and maybe check it out, I would look into some Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, and this Royce is the guy that I would awesome. literally come downstairs, and he would just be straight listening to Slick Rick. Like the whole time, yeah. I love so. Slick Rick. Though. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. <laughs> I love Slick. So yeah, I love. I mean, I love. That's the one thing about me is uh, a lot of people. So if I have a certain appearance about me. People kind of pistol face pump. Yeah. So I don't. You can't tell. I have a, I have a Glock 17 tattooed on the entire right side of my face. <laughs> uh, so people generally associate me with the metal, and it's also because that's what I listen to mostly. Yeah. But I love hip hop, and a lot of people don't forget that about me or don't quite realize it yeah is that i like am a huge huge hip-hop head and um so it's always surprising when like someone will like wait you know this i'm like yeah i fucking love this what do you mean (laughs) what do you mean like like, you like what you like like you know and it's just good music is good music yeah if i like it i'm gonna listen to it so just today just to bring it up i got really pissed off because I posted something about a band and I'm not going to say the band because the band will get pissed off, but I posted something about one of our bands and they're going to drop something this Friday and some knucklehead comes on and says, Oh, that's fucking shit. You know, who the fuck, you know, it looks like garbage, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who the fuck are you, dude? You know, he's just some bitter dude that has nothing better to do. If you don't like something, just fucking go away. Have a great day. (laughs) Yeah. If you like hip hop, Cool. If you don't like hip hop, cool. Yeah. If you like Cannibal Corpse, that's cool. Some people don't. <laughs> like the dislike, being, have a great day, yeah. move on. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The bottom line is, you know, everybody that makes music is a creative, is an artist, and they're pouring their shit into it. And they came, you know, when we started up the label, it made me realize, you know, how passionate people are. Because sometimes we get some demos, and, you know, it, the old me would just rip it apart, laugh, like, oh, this is, look at this, this is stupid shit, <laughs> yeah. you know? right? Um, but then you take a step back and you're like, wow, the, I really respect their passion. You know, they had the balls, so to speak, you know, yeah. to say, I really stand behind my music and I'm going to send it to a record label or, what, you know, send it to somebody to listen to. That takes a lot of balls, you oh, know, yeah. if you're yeah. creating something, you're, taking something that's a part of you and you're putting it out for the world to see. And I don't know. I, I think we need to show a little bit more respect for people. And, 100%. and our, I love that you just I said know. that. That's yeah. kind of what yeah. I, I yeah. so before I go on this, I just have to I say, love that you just said that by the way, we're not, I appreciate that. we are yeah. completely against, uh, you know, bad mouthing people, but that guy, what you were just talking about, he can eat a fucking dick. And I think uh, we can all <laughs> share that view. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're not against that. No, no. fuck that guy. <laughs> that guy's that. piece of shit. Um, but 
No, that's kind of uh, doing this podcast kind of that reminds me of that is where uh, after doing this, where we listen to those, we do those album reviews. I'll hear an album or I'll hear a song where I just pass it by and be like, oh, this is fucked. Like, I don't want to listen to this. But now I have this mentality instead of doing that, I just go, I immediately go, oh, fuck this. But then I'm like, oh, wait, no, let me listen to this. Let me break it down. Let me respect this. And I like actually sit there and listen to it. And I'll always find something in every song now that I'm like, I actually enjoy this. Like, oh, there's this musical aspect that goes into it that really is super nice. And I respect it fully. And that's what we've always talked about is that Nick's super journalistic when it comes to um, music. Music. Yeah. And I I will like break it the fuck down and like analyze it. So we've learned a lot from being able to work with each other. Whereas now I'm kind of like more doing research and he's more like breaking things down. And like, so it's, it's really cool uh, that those things are, you know, able to happen, yeah. but you know, Oh man. Uh, I love it. It's, it's that, that's, it's just really cool being able to have a, like going from one way and then being able to force yourself into another view. And I feel like it's something not a lot of people could do. Hell yeah, man! I mean, do you guys do you guys play? Yeah, instruments. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yep. Get it right? <laughs> exactly. It's I mean, not easy to put a song together. No, it's actually it's actually really fucking hard. Like you don't get that. Like, I mean, you can put a song together. I mean, anybody can just. Of course, I mac on some pots and pans. I put a song together about uh, you know, loving Shrek. You know, and but it was horrible. So, you know, it was just absolutely horrible. But, you know, there's a difference but, between a billboard topping song and some fucking outsider music, as people call it, like <laughs> some Wesley Willis shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't put Wesley Willis next to Queen and expect them to do the same. Like, <laughs> I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> Wesley crazy. Willis is a daily name in this household. Oh, we love we love <laughs> Wesley Willis here. <laughs> but, uh, is he still alive? No, no he's gone. Yeah, yeah. He died. Yeah, he passed, away. So. He passed yeah. away. I mean, so like even bringing up the, the people sending you music, like, we get people that send us music uh, just to listen to uh, pretty frequently. And honestly, I mean, I, I don't think we've ever steered away from listening to anything anybody sends me. Um, it's just, it, it I, I, I can't imagine, Mm-mm. like you said, anybody having the courage to send something. And a lot of it's unfinished. You know, a lot of it's Bro. not completely finished. They're just sending it to us like, hey, like, I want to hear your opinion on this. Yeah. And, and I don't think I could ever imagine like, just not like giving them the time of day. And not that I'm like an important person by any means. Like I, I literally work in a, in a restaurant and go to college and do this. So <laughs> like, you know, like, like, you know, I, 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 I'm, where does two jerk off sweating in a basement? Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> the most significant, what's the most significant thing I've done in my life that would even, you know, I, I don't even know. <laughs> you fought for a country. That's pretty, ah, you had to bring go. that up. So, Always. uh, but any, anywho, uh, you're a military guy. I am. Work? Yeah, I, I well, was, thank you for, I was, thank I was, you for yeah. serving, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. Did uh did some time in the military. <laughs> I like how you refer to it like it was a present. <laughs> I did some time did in the military. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we've ever shied away no. from listening to anybody. And I, I love that that's your attitude is that uh, people put this, have this courage and put this work into it. I mean, even us, like, I, I wish more people had that. When we message people, I mean, we message people consistently and maybe they don't see the message. That's fine. Um, 
but like we'll be in we've been in contact with several bands and musicians that have just said oh yeah we're down to do it and then ghost us yeah and never say another thing or like they'll like we had one band that let us on like really hard like oh no we forgot we're down to do it and they're like email us so i emailed them and they never responded to the email and i emailed them again they never responded to that so i just backed off Mm. You know, and it, you know, part of me is like, okay, they're busy. But after a certain amount of times of me being dodged, it's like, you could just say, hey, hey, guys, we're not interested. It's okay. We did have one guy. Um, um, I'll, I'll fuck it. I'll, I'll, he's the drummer for Tsunami. Uh, not Tsunami. Yeah, Tsunami in Hands of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, he, he, uh, he declined to come on and he was open about it. He goes, yeah, I'm just really busy. And that was cool. Like I, I was appreciative. I was super appreciative yeah. of that. You know, like, hey, like, thank you for acknowledging my message. <laughs> thank you for responding to me. I really appreciate yeah. that. I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, it isn't you know. Ben, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ben plays in uh, the streets. Oh, does he? No shit. Yeah. yeah, he. I don't know what it was. Uh, he, he, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not, I mean, he's in three fucking bands. He's, a, he's a busy guy. Like he's a busy guy, you know, and he just, yeah, but he answered us and he was super polite and he was super great. And I had no issues with it yeah. at all because he was able to at least communicate, you know, and like he was able to respond. Like he respected that we took the time and he even said, he goes, I really appreciate you guys messaging me. It means a lot that you guys wanted me to come on the show. Well, this you know. is bullshit. I'm going to text him. No, right <laughs> no, no don't do that. You don't know, do that. No, no, no. Ghosting fuckers? Come on now. No, he didn't no, ghost he didn't us. Ghost. He didn't ghost us. He didn't ghost us. He never did that. He was great. He, he was, was the person that actually he, was like, he was hey, the, yo, He was no. the best guy that we've ever, like, I wouldn't say we've ever. He was the best time we've ever got declined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's the best time we ever got declined. Exactly. <laughs> and no, 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 no issues at all. Like, it he was, was like such, it was The best, so, worst sex we've ever had. Yeah, the best, worst sex we've ever had. <laughs> he was great. Uh, he, you know, he was super, he, he was super appreciative. He made us feel, he's like, yeah, I love, thank you guys for messaging me. It makes me feel amazing that you guys wanted me to come on. I just, I just can't do it right now. Yeah. And we're like, that's cool. No worries. But like, we've had all these other people who just don't. Now, I'm not going to name yeah. drop who they are. That's no. fucked. That's, you know, who never, you never know. But uh, no, Ben has been, Ben was great. He was super awesome. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. No, no disrespect. Much love. Um, yeah. Much love. Much love for that. Like, he was the best fucking, like, declining I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, so there was like, actually, I was, uh, so I was, I was sick as fuck last week like i was oh yeah very very sick like there was a point where i was like maybe i got covid like this is wild i was just sitting in my bed and sweating that was it and i was just like i would just randomly put on a show on hulu and like i came across this one show but there was a section of it where the guy like had never said no to anybody he was like uh yeah i guess he's very this meek like kind of guy and then somebody's like, dude, you can just say no to people. And then you just kind of latched onto it and just went like crazy with saying no. But the first time he said it to somebody, they were like, hey, uh, like you're an app, you're an app developer. I have this idea for an app, blah, blah, blah. Would you be willing to do this? And he's like, no, I don't have time. And they were like, <laughs> and they were like, oh, cool. Thanks. Like, we've just been ghosted by so many people, you know, like, it's just really nice to know this. So then I can just not spend time on this. And I have this whole list of other people that I could be asking and that takes one name off. So now I have a shorter list. It makes it easier on me. Like Thank you for saying no. Would you like to develop my app? Yeah. And it was just like, <laughs> but that's so I, I, think we, was- I think we, we live in a very avoidant society, you know, where yeah. 
you see how it is. You know, people are, are extremely sensitive about everything, you know, and saying no implies rejection and yeah. hurting somebody's feelings or you didn't get the trophy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I see it, you know, mm-hmm. saying no is is hard, you know, especially with, you know, you guys get bands and, you know, you reach out for interviews and it's, people it's, are afraid to say no. It's all part. Uh, it's all part of the process. We've learned that. You know it I mean? is. It's, it's all. It's all part of it. You're gonna. When it all gonna, comes down to it, it's a business. Yeah. So we're not. Sure we're not like we don't hold any ill will towards anybody. Uh, we get it. You know. And you never know. Those honestly, uh, there was. You know, those messages get buried. You know, they just might have fucking forgot. And same thing with us. Like, I mean, the, the amount of time. Like when I get. I we're not even that huge on social media, and just sometimes I have I have trouble keeping up still, yeah. with 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 some of the shit. Black. So. For me, it's like I I, there's no ill will towards anybody, you know, at all. It's just, it's just, it's part of that process and part of that, 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 that going through it. And you know, it's for us, we don't, we don't, we don't get pissy. We don't hold hate towards anybody. You know, everybody's got their thing going on. You know, we just wish we could talk about it. That's all. (laughs) That's all. Um, but uh, I, I definitely, I've been actually zooming in on this question for a minute, (laughs) and I, I really want to ask it to you. So, um, if you had, there's some more like record label questions I want to get to, but this one I've been dying to get, uh, out of you since you've brought up some really amazing bands, in my opinion, that I, that I love and are also huge to me in the hardcore scene. Um, would you be able to put together uh, shit as many as you want, uh, as least as you want your dream hardcore metal lineup? As far as like a show, yeah. If you had to go see a show, and this was like your 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 wildest fucking your fantasy. This is this is the biggest fucking lineup you could ever see. No limitations. Yeah. Doesn't well, happen. I mean, I wouldn't stray too far away from you know some killer heavy De- metal bands. Yeah. I don't mean heavy metal. Whatever you want. Yeah. This is this is your dream lineup. So definitely Slayer, Testament. Exodus, um, thrashing it up, bro. This is literally the three that Lich King said. I'm pretty sure. Well, it's the big four. Yeah, thrash, the big four, yeah. yeah, part of the big four. Yeah, thrash, you know, I, I love early Metallica. You know, yep. right from, you know, I did kill them all, but you you'll, know, from right no away, you'll find no hate. Master puppets, and even in Justice for All, you know, that's what I dig. You know. The, but anything on the other side of that is hard. So uh, I'm not that big of a fan of Metallica anymore. You know, it, I have nothing against them. It's just I don't jive. Metallica with the music. 1990 and before, just kind of like <laughs> yeah. Aerosmith 1980 and before. Nobody likes Aerosmith after 1980. You know? <laughs> but they peel. They got a lot bigger. Oh, they did. Know? But I mean, you know, I don't want to listen to Living on an Edge. You know, <laughs> like, I don't want to listen to that shit. <laughs> so I mean, Slayer Testament. Exodus, um, Leeway, uh, you know, probably the, if we get the original Crow Mags back, you know, I would love that. Mad Ball, I'd throw on there for sure. Um, be as many bands as you want. It doesn't matter. It, I would love to see Breakdown again. You know, it's one of my mainstays. Um, there, uh, death angel the early days of death angel i loved some of the newer stuff i think they 
you know, brought it back to the early days. Shit, that's more metal, isn't it? I mean, it's fine. Hey, like it's metal or hardcore. We're, like we're not just like it's metal or hardcore. You know, whatever. Fuck, you can throw you Mot- you can throw Motown in there. We yeah, care. whatever. You know, <laughs> I never saw a slide in the Family Stone, so I'd love to see him. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, Nick, you know, let's let's just round the table. Nick, you got got a dream lineup? Oh man, metal, metal. Mm, you know, and. We could say whoever. I guess let's just kind of stick with the metal hardcore oh, fuck. realm. Oh. Let's round the table and see what we got. If you don't, I'll, I'll go first if you want. Uh, so I'd say back to this is going to be more metal. I'd say Tom Barber, Lorna Shore. So you, okay. Okay. Because that's like right You've off the You've already seen. Okay, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I just yeah, yeah. love, I love seeing him. I've never, I've never had a bad time. Have you ever heard of Lorna Shore before? Lorna Shore, I've heard of them. I don't know how familiar I am with they're the music. They're a uh, blackened deathcore band. So yeah. they're a deathcore band that takes from black metal. They take influences from black metal. Yeah. The original vocalist is a beast. He's um, out of this world. He's the new vocalist for. He's the vocalist, current vocalist for Chelsea Grin. Yeah, they used to be really. Uh, actually, they're still really good. They're mm-hmm. just their new vocalist was uh, a piece, piece of shit, shit and they yeah. kicked him out. So. Uh, so yeah, Tom Barber, Lorna Shore. Let's see. Abigail Williams. They were fan fucking tastic when I saw them. Yeah, black metal is kind of Nick likes black metal. Vein. I'm gonna be I guess in right so, now. man. <laughs> uh damn, this is gonna be fucking hard. Oh, Celtic Frost. I have to throw Celtic Frost is gonna be the ha- headline. Really? <laughs> Dude, dead ass. I'm a little I surprised by that one. I love Celtic I Frost. They are a little so- throwback. Oh man, they they get me going. I listen to Celtic Frost, and I just am like, yeah, I could burn down churches. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck. I'm, uh, Kublai Khan. I want them in there. Nice. Mm, shit. This is harder than I expected. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm like still trying to run it through my head like, right fuck. now. Yeah. Slayer. Slayer yeah. was so dope. I broke my ankle seeing Slayer on their last tour, which was still one of my favorite stories of all time. I just, you know, can't go wrong there. Um, Power Glove and uh, Power Glove. If you don't know, that's a like if nobody knows, that's a I, yeah Nintendo core band. They're this thrash yeah. metal power metal band that just kind of rewrites old like eighties and nineties cartoon themes or Nintendo <laughs> themes. And it's they're dope, actually. fucking sick, bro. Like the first time I saw them, they literally like threw inflatable swords and axes into the pit and then had this fucking King DDD, which is the, the enemy from Kirby threw that in the, threw that in the pit and said, whoever brings us the head of that penguin gets free merch. No and shit. it just turned into a fucking bloodbath dude. And they're playing the power Rangers theme song. And I just remember that. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever fucking been a part of dude. Just beating the shit out of other people in a pit, trying to rip off the head of a plushie. Like it was like, okay. Dude, heavy video game music. dude. Yeah, literally. Um, hate breed. I want to see them again. Um, and then Mitch Looker, Suicide Silence. Okay, yeah. that's it. Right, so bring people back is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. You, yep. know. you can do whatever you want. Yeah. So you know, I got it. I've been starting to dip back into Faith No More. The early oh days. my god, oh, bro. Oh well. Yeah. Thank you for reminding you Faith No More because they're going on my list. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> like, I've, ne- I've never I seen them. No- I've never seen him either. So. I've never seen him either. Oh, so. Mr. Bungle. I got it. Now you said that. Now I need fucking Mr. Bungle. Holy shit. You can shit. have Bungle. I'll take Faith No More. Yeah. Right, done. So for me, it's gonna be Morbid Angel. 
Oh, all right. right. Uh, E-Town Concrete. Ooh. Yeah. I love E-Town Concrete. I <laughs> fucking love E-Town Concrete. Um, fuck, who else? Um, that, obviously, the Acacia strain for me. Yeah. It's a big, big one for me. Oh shit! Oh yeah, yeah. We are we are actually huge Acacia Strain fans. Um, yeah. H two O. You know, no. I'm gonna trade out H two O for Comeback Kid. No. Yeah. There you go. I'm gonna trade out H two O for Comeback Kid. No. Um, well, not. Uh, uh, look at the flags. It's not gonna help. No, I know. Um, I was I was thinking of the other Comeback Kid plug that's upstairs. It's in the. Uh, oh, is it? Okay. Washer right now. Uh, Metallica, and that's pre. I mean, I'll, I'll take Metallica as it is. I don't even care. I've never <laughs> seen him live. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I'll, I'll definitely take Metallica. Um, Gorilla Biscuits. Ooh. Um, a million millions of dead cops. Oh fuck yeah! Damn, that's a good show. Um, and then, um, it's fucking, oh man, body count too. I want to see body count. <laughs> Great one, dude. Dude, I want to see body count so bad. Um, There's that song he does with Max Cavalera that I'm just like, mm. Ooh, early Sepultura. Dude, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to throw one more in here. I'm going to throw one more in here. I'm trying to think of a band that you haven't said yet. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's gonna. Well, I'm, I'm gonna finish this off really fast. I promise. I promise. I promise. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really God. fast. You're gonna stay. Uh, Fifteen uh, minutes later. Three like, hours oh, later. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> fuck, man. Who would I want in a dream lineup? Fuck it. Power trip. Power I, trip. I was power literally trip. just power looking trip. at the flag and I was power like, as he didn't say power trip. I fucking love power trip. I don't care. <laughs> I think they're amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I personally love thrash metal. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so dream lineups. That's uh some interesting that's stuff we just had there. Damn, yeah. I've never had to do that before. That was the first time for us. That's like an on the fly. Like, yeah. like it's not something you like you could sit down and think about. You're like doing it like on the spot. So you yeah. you if you had time to think about it. Help. <laughs> yeah, your answer would probably be a little bit different if you had time to think about it a little bit, but um yeah, I love that. So one of the other things I wanted to ask you about and as far as upstate goes, like what does a typical day at the office look like for you? When you're doing upstate stuff, how does that look like for you? Or what does that look like for you? Well, it, it's a balance because I I have the day job and right. everything. Right. So typically I'll I'll get up early, check on emails, um, get some promo graphics rolling for the day. The beautiful thing about like Facebook and Instagram, you can schedule posts. So I yeah. can go you know, on the weekend, get a little on the creative side, put some stuff together and then schedule those posts while I'm working. So yeah, kind of one part of it. Um, the other part is, you know, just checking in with the bands, you know, whatever re- release we have going on. Um, between Kim and myself, making sure that, you know, we have that release plan squared away, whether it's, you know, CD, you know, templates for either vinyl or CDs, making sure they're squared away. Once again, uh, heavy on the promotion side. 
making sure things are coordinated for the release, <laughs> mm -hmm. making sure you have the tangible physical elements here by the time the release gets here. Um, like the Marauder release, what, what a pain in the ass that's turned out to be because <laughs> yeah, it put it into production in the early part of January for a release date, normally vinyl turnarounds about four to five months and everything looked good only to come to find out once we got into production, there became a shortage of pellets to make oh, down the vinyl. <laughs> and then you're still in up and down in Europe where the vinyl's pressed. So it's been a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Someday the vinyl will come someday. someday. I like, so, I mean, I follow, we follow a bunch of stuff on Facebook and you've seen a lot of those merch delays right now. And obviously mm -hmm. that has to have something to do like a little bit of the impact from COVID-19. I would still assume that there's still some of that impact going on. Correct. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's certain businesses that were really affected that are part of that whole supply chain, let's say um, it just prices for everything. is just going yeah. up, going up. You know, it's crazy. So, how would you say that COVID-19 has affected your record labels growth along with, and if you want to even like some of your artists, like how do you, how do you feel as though that has impacted you positively, negatively? Uh, has it impeded your growth? Has it helped you learn new things to become more successful? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, there, there's good in everything. If, if you look for it, um, nobody was ready for a pandemic. You know, no musicians were ready for a pandemic. So when that shit hit, we didn't know how to respond. And we had two, maybe three releases that happened just before the pandemic hit. And so you're going through the pandemic. People are out of work. They're out of jobs. They don't have any money. And it just didn't feel good to say buy our stuff you know to promote so everybody was in this really awkward stage of do you really push your bands when nobody has money it's like rubbing it in, your, in people's faces you know so putting on the brakes in regards to promoting and releasing stuff just felt right you know good taste let's say and then obviously everything that happened over the summer was just a whole nother layer of let's throw more gasoline on the situation. You know, the whole George Floyd thing. Oh man. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was mentally, you know, going back, it's just like, we had no gas in the tank, you know, yeah. it's just like, we, we don't even want to push anything because of everything that was going on, but it made you really be thankful for what you have, you know, um, going back to before the pandemic, you took going to shows for granted. Yeah. You know, we we're talking about, you know, going to shows and, you know, this is a time. How many times did you go to a show and really feel like, wow, this was an amazing moment? You kind of took it for granted. I don't think I've been, I mean, I mean, I mean I've taken every video. show for granted ever. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. 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 So, like, so the I was going to say, the pandemic also allowed us to kind of take a step back and get more organized too. You know, we took advantage of the time, you know, kind of put shit together, you know, get a little bit more thoughtful. Uh, Blood Blast was introduced during the pandemic, which helped us out tremendously. Mm -hmm. And then we just started to grow from there. 
Um, but it also made us think about, especially interacting with the bands, how they can become more diversified or creative and take advantage of what would a band look like if they couldn't play shows? How do they stay relevant um, in a time where, you know, your main way of staying relevant was playing shows? So you take that away, you have to do some creative things. So, you know, things like, you know, quarantine videos, you know, there's yeah. a couple, more than a couple that came out from that. Uh, a lot of podcasts, a lot of people generated podcasts out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So there's, it didn't affect us too negatively only because this is not our main source of income. It's really not our source of income. So we were able to stay afloat. Yeah, we saw sales go down just like everybody else. But once the pandemic now is starting to kind of relax, so just, you know, things are coming back and they're coming back strong. Mm -hmm. The one thing I did see though, is it seems like there's a lot more demand for CDs and vinyl. Yeah. Vinyl is insane right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I collect vinyl for sure. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, we both collect vinyl. So I, so I don't necessarily say I collect it. There's I just a few it. things that drop and I'm like, I would like that on vinyl so I could have it later on. So I like view vinyl as like, I don't know. I just like the art, like having it. It's just yeah. like an art form. I, I've, collect, I've been collecting vinyl for a minute now. I actually sold off a bunch of my collection a couple of years ago and then I've been rebuilding it. Um, nice. My focus on right now is finishing my Casey Strain collection because um, <laughs> I have almost... I think I'm only missing two vinyls, I believe, uh, from them. Uh, but, I mean, I still have – I mean, I think my most recent vinyls I picked up were uh, – I got the Tsunami. The Tsunami, tsunami split with tsunami. Uh, Gulch. Yeah, and then Gulch, I got um, – what did we – Creeping – was it Creeping Death? No, Gate Creeper. Gate Creeper. Gate Creeper. Gate, Gate Creeper. And then what did we um, get? We just got another one too, didn't we? Um, and then uh, – yeah, something else. I don't remember. Oh, oh, we got the Gulch the Gulch, Just Gulch, the Gulch, Gulch. Gulch. I don't know if you ever listened yeah. to Gulch. Cerebral yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Those yeah. guys are something else. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was a uh, that 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 album fucking heard that and about changed my life. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think people are gravitating towards the physicals. Yeah. Um, especially because of the pandemic. People needed to touch something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before the pandemic, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people who just say digital, that's all I buy or that's all I listen to. But I'm starting to see more and more people that were listening to digital and now starting to convert over to, you know, buying CDs again and mm -hmm. buying vinyl. And I think it's that that connection, you know, people are looking for that connection again. And that's one way to grasp it is through holding a CD in your hand. Yeah, I mean, I, I pay for every single album uh that i that i like i mean I'll, I'll stream it i'll listen on youtube but i i like an album i i pay for the pay for it always i always have uh that's that's my thing so if, if i've been like, doing that since i've known you yeah i preach it to everyone i've, I've always bought uh all whether it's an, a digital album a physical album uh if i if i hear more than two songs i like on an album i, I buy the whole thing uh always yeah. have awesome. um, thank you yeah, I mean that's that's just that's just that's just for me is just ingrained in my head. Uh, it's it's, 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 it's an expensive it. habit I have. Um, that but be our uh, tagline: <laughs> Cover for your podcast, buy albums. Yeah, buy albums. But you know, <laughs> I honestly, uh, for me, 
uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know where it came from. Whether it was growing up um, and <clears throat> being taught the value of hard work and appreciating people for hard work, um, but like, I think I, I remember you like just I, always been like that. I think I remember one time we were drunk and hanging out, and I like asked you. I was like, "Do you really pay for all of this?" And you're like, "Because we were going through your like your your when you had like the three phones." Oh yeah, had, yeah, like, yeah. He literally had <laughs> three phones at one time. One like he had pictures from Afghanistan or something. The other one you had that was actually his working phone, and the other one just had music on it. Yeah, and it was like, <laughs> it was like one of the like two hundred, two hundred and something gigabyte. Well, I have a hundred fucking yeah, some gigabyte it was, iPhone that is mainly flooded with music. That's yeah, it, it most was, of my storage is music on my phone. Nice. So, yeah. But it was like, I'd be like, man, I was like scrolling through it one day and I was like, man, you really pay for this. And I remember you saying something like you just being in that drunk state where you're like, dude, these people work really hard for this. Yeah, of course you should pay money for it. And like, I remember him like going on. I was like, yeah, Yeah. like that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, For me, it's just something that I've just always, you know, I, I, I always have appreciate if you work hard for something, I like it. I'm going to, I'm going to pay you for it. If it's, if it's a service that costs money, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I still go stream on Spotify. But like if I if I've heard so check us out on Spotify yeah if I've heard your music and I like it I go buy the album too so you know I, I I hop on it and that's just how I've always been and I think everyone should be like that so go fucking do it yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely but also I you know for me the best quality is going to come from the the physical format oh hundred percent yeah yeah deny it CDs are the best format you know I was listening to the Bushido Code digitally. And then I popped in the CD. It was like night and day. I'm like, holy shit. You really get that full fidelity. It's lasers and shit, man. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, that's... Not only are you paying respect to, you know, the band, but now you're paying respect to the audio engineer that put that together. And digital just doesn't capture the full essence of that recording. Whenever I go to to a show and I see an album on a table, I grab it. I'm one of those people that I go to a show. And I'm just like, yes, I have to have this. So, see if <laughs> nice. but so like uh, just to track off really fast, I wanted to. There was a moment in time where I wanted to start collecting tapes. Like that was my thing. Like I really, really like tapes. Like there's something about that that just like uh kind of gets to me. I remember it was uh oh god nope maybe I don't remember. Oh fuck! I can't remember the band right off the top of my head. But they had this lime green tape. I've talked about it. Black Diamond. No. Oh, it was this fucking. No, I know you're talking. It about. It was this thrash metal band. We'll come back to it. Yeah, but uh, either way, I remember they had this lime green tape, and I. Are you I thinking of? Ordered, um, I ordered this. Uh, the drip. Yes, it was the drip. The drip, the drip had this yeah. lime green tape. And I ordered metal. the. No, they're not. I don't know why it's the trash. <laughs> but they ordered this uh, like bundle, so I got the CD, the. Uh, digital download and the tape and i remember like just holding the tape and looking at it and i was like this is it like i really enjoy this and then i ended up leaving it in one of my ex-girlfriend's cars and it got scrapped do you, you guys <laughs> you guys end up doing cassettes for any of the the bands you have or? we do we have um it, it's it's a weird niche market you know yeah. it seems it seems like tapes are more popular on the west coast than they are on the east coast we do distro like so we'll take our our label on the road so to speak when we go to shows set up a table and you know people on the east coast will pick up a tape and like hey weren't they like around in the 80s or something <laughs> you know 
But on the West Coast, people snatch them up like crazy, you know. So I think there's a small little market for for tapes. And I don't know. I don't have any way to play tapes. So that's why I'm not really too keen on producing. That was like when the first car I had was a Explorer Sport Track that had a tape player and a CD player that had a Neil Diamond CD stuck in it. (laughs) <laughs> and so i was like i was like well i'm just gonna i'm gonna put tapes in this now and then that's where i was like oh maybe i'll just buy a bunch of these tapes and then never ended up you know ended up sitting there and getting squirrels in the air filter and then just there yep. you go so i still got a box of all my tapes from a kid you know, oh really ton of shit what was your shit. do you remember your first cassette diary of mad Men by ozzy there you go Damn. mine was uh hammer time <laughs> nothing wrong with that no i mean i mean i i didn't choose it it was given to me but i mean it was it was i loved it so it is what it is so i jammed the shit out of that cassette for sure i want to say mine was a neil diamond one now that i like think about it my dad's favorite artist was neil diamond it's weird so i'm in america man what Coming to America, right? Yeah, dude, I remember I had to learn that when I was like, I remember I had to like learn that on the marching snare one time. That was fucking wild. But uh, no, yeah, I'm pretty sure my first tape was Neil Diamond. Damn. Maybe that was an influence to me. So, heavy question here. <laughs> Need to get back into Neil Diamond. <laughs> what has been the your biggest failure, and this could be personal and professional, whatever you want to do, in the last year? And why do you think that's, that, that, that that happened? And with that failure, what could be your biggest success in the last year? And why do you think that happened? Damn, bro. I feel like I'm on like a job interview. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> biggest failure. Um, oh, this one, this one sucked. So Iron Price is one of our bands. Um and we put out their CD and they sent, I don't know if this is the biggest failure, but it's one of those really, really embarrassing moments. Yeah. It's, it's, it's whatever it's, you know, whatever comes to mind, you know, it doesn't necessarily yeah, need to be a failure. It's just one of those fuck moments, you know? So they did all the CD layout. They sent it back to us and we were supposed to finish it up with, you know, putting an upstate logo on it, you know, all rights reserved. And we just completely missed it. Send it off for duplication. They send back the proofs. We looked at the proofs, totally missed it. Um, then we get the CDs. We send them to the band, and the band's like, what's the matter? You guys don't want to put the label <laughs> logo on it or what? You know. <laughs> so it, it was embarrassing only because of, you know, the band thought maybe it was a disrespect thing, you know, yeah. that we purposely didn't put it on there. Yeah. Um, but we just, we just fucked it up big time. How did how did you guys uh, deal with that? Like, how was that? How was I mean? I, I how did you go about you know working through that with the band? You don't have to get too personal if you don't want to. Yeah, it's, okay. it's just you know <laughs> a good relationship. You know, um, just tell them. You know, you, we fucked up. We we completely missed it. You know, um, we make it up by you know, it was in the cards anyways. But we did a vinyl release for the same album, but you. We made sure we put the logo on it. <laughs> so what about a success in the last year? I 
you know, we were talking about the Marauder, yeah. uh, which has been a pain in the ass, but that was probably one of our biggest releases, you know, and just seeing the people respond to something that was thought to be lost forever. You know what I mean? And, you know, it was kind of a folklore thing and we were able to bring that to life and having um, so many other labels and distributors be a part of it. You know, we started working with revelation cortex um, static era out of New York city attribution and that thing just snowballed into a project that was like started off as being maybe like um, a single LP and then it turned into a double LP and just the whole layout was over the top, yeah. you know, and um, that was probably our biggest success to date only because from, from a collaboration and from, you know, like the folklore thing, you know, people thought this didn't exist and we were able to bring it to life and the people that we connected. Um, I even was able to connect with some of the older original members, talk to them on the phone. And they were telling me about the really, really early days of Marauder. That was just mind blown. You know, it was, it was probably one of the highlights of our label career. I mean, that had to be like super gratifying for you to finally close that all up and finish it up. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and you know when people send you emails and say, "Oh, thank you so much for putting this out." You know, we really I'm a big Marauder fan from the early days, and I've always wanted this in my collection. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, man. That's super cool, dude. So, I think we got a couple more questions we want to ask, but um, I don't know how you're feeling. Maybe kind of move this towards the uh, the conclusion here in a little bit. Um, but we definitely have a couple more things you want to talk about. If that's cool with you, so. yeah cool um damn yeah <laughs> uh like, so like, Holy shit, what's the future I, actually you know what i'm gonna stop before i even ask that question and ask another question um <laughs> are there any bands musicians that you would love to see a part of the upstate family is that a question that you feel comfortable answering you know that damn man you guys ask them good questions yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, i don't i wouldn't say there's anybody out there that you know i'm dying to work with yeah uh, and the reason why i say that is the music is one thing you know there's a lot of bands with a lot of great music you know um but for us it's that personal connection so is there a band out there i would love to work with Absolutely. But I just don't know them on maybe a personal level to say, yes, this is where we want to be because I could be completely ruined. You know, here I love this band's music. It's fucking great. But then they turn out to be a bunch of egotistical maniacs. Right. So right. It like that's not the type heroes? of relationship that we're, we're looking for. Yeah. Um, I like bands that are hungry, that have a lot of drive. I don't care if they're a young band or let's say a legacy band. If there's a connection there, then that's the type of band that we want to work with. So that's the most important one of the most, I would say probably a pillar of your guys's label is, is having that, that personal connection, that, that almost family mentality of being able to the base of hardcore. Yeah. That, that's exactly yeah. That <laughs> set aside the bullshit and be able to actually work together and, and 
worked like human beings together instead of just running it through like a business. Yeah. Um, we have a lane in regards to the type of music that we put out, right. you know, and it all starts with the music that we like, you know, and that's why we don't have a lot of death metal type bands because that's not really my, my forte. I have nothing yeah. against it. It's just, it's hard for me to relate to it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, or a hip hop artist, you know, I love hip hop, but it's not in our lane, so to speak. So we want to maintain a certain integrity and then, we have to have that personal connection and then everything else just kind of falls into place from there. Yeah. So what's the future look like for you guys at upstate? Anything cool coming down the pipeline, any projects, anything exciting that you're able to talk about? Like Nothing I can talk about. I, that's <laughs> no. always, that's always the catch. Almost Literally no is, one, yeah. almost no one can talk about it, but, <laughs> but there is stuff. There's stuff. <laughs> yeah. But we, we have, um we have a little bit of a break uh but the second half of 2021 and 2022 uh is just slammed it'll be honest with you the one thing that i i can definitely talk about you know we're talking about putting out another uh upstate compilation or sampler so we're putting that together oh, assembling yeah. all the bands and we want to do an upstate fest um yeah. i wouldn't mind doing it with another label you know I saw that was um, for the 2020. You had that set up. Um, yeah, obviously we, that didn't pan out because of the pandemic. Yeah, we, I think we were over optimistic that the pandemic would be over uh, in a couple of months, and I guess we were wrong. We predicted <laughs> that. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to revisit that and get an uh, an upstate fest. Uh, bring bring the bands together. You know, some of the bands have never met each other, so to speak, and it'll be a great great time. Yeah. I mean, we we Even love one of the bloodiest festivals ever. Yeah, we love festivals. So. <laughs> we love hardcore in festivals, so yeah, fuck it, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> oh man, that's that's awesome. We'd love to see that. So I would actually like, especially that's coming up. That's kind of what I think most people are super excited for. Is these like people are like, yeah, small venues are coming back, but people are like. Like, oh, I miss this band, this band, this band, this band, this band, this band. And then they see this, they see this whole docket with like all of the bands they were just talking about plus more. And they were like, oh, and I think that's kind of what's drawing a lot of people. And I, I, a lot of bands I've seen have actually done that. Like this A Strange show that's coming out. That's cool. Uh, I mean, like, the, the Not Fest lineup is. Yeah. You, you see the Not like, Fest lineup in Iowa? They're doing it in Iowa. It's insane. That's so, where it's like, uh, uh, I think that's kind of the. Ridiculous. So. Moving into it is these people are. There's no bullshit for a concert anymore. It's just like, we're going to go in, we're going to slam everything the fuck out, and we're going to yeah. These guys have been waiting to play shows for almost two years now. Yeah. Like, dude. I mean, how, how, how excited are you for shows to be back? Oh, we. We went to our first show two weeks ago. Uh, Departed had their CD release party, oh, and there was probably like five or six Upstate bands on there. Um, it was like a mini Upstate Fest in some regards, but it was fucking awesome. The weather sucked balls. Uh, it was like <laughs> 35 degrees and raining the whole entire day, but everybody had a blast. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think was, I've been to a show since 2019. Uh, cause, well, I might have been to one in the beginning of 2020. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I go to so many fucking shows that it's hard for me to to keep track of. I'm one of those people that goes to shows. It doesn't matter if I know the artist or not. If 
I got the night off going to a show. Um, and I've been to some weird fucking shows. <laughs> like, let me, let me fucking tell you, but, um, I'm, I'm beyond stoked. Oh, it, yeah. it was awesome. It, it felt liberating <laughs> after being locked down for so long and just being able to be around similar minded people. I mean, there's a couple hundred people there. Yeah. It, it was a good time. I just went to my first store without a mask on today. That was pretty fucking dope. Are you fully vaccinated? <laughs> no. I just walked into Home Depot and I was like, I need this. <laughs> yeah. that cool. That's another thing that we got to start getting used to is being able to take the mask off yeah. and everything. I'm, I love the mask. I'm going to wear that shit all the time. I love uh, it. So, yeah. like, I've actually, like, it's helped me because I'm a disgusting piece of shit on a daily basis. So, I just, like, am just, you know how many fucking times I've been, like, talking to somebody and I'll laugh, but, like, not the full laugh. You do that snort out your nose laugh. Oh, yeah. Fucking feel a booger fly out of my nose and hit the mask. And I'm like, thank God I'm wearing this piece of shit. Then I just go change it really quick. Like, it just helps me not be a disgusting fucking goblin on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> so I can see it, like, integrated every now and then. But I can't fucking wait for it to be gone. So I coach my son's baseball team. Yeah. And we started the season everybody had to wear all the kids had to wear a mask, you know, coaches too. And the last game, you know, we finally got to be able to take off the mask and half the kids I didn't even recognize because they had their mask off. It was like, yeah, yeah I don't recognize you have to relearn anybody. names and yeah. shit. You're like, Oh fuck. I learned you by your forehead. Now I got to learn you by the bottom. Of the <laughs> <laughs> hey, ugly bottom face. Come here. <laughs> it's so ugly crazy how face. different people look without their masks on. Hey, no chin bottom face. You're going to be outfield today. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. So I'm going to start calling people's bottom face. Bottom face. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, Mario, you got anybody you want to shout out? Anything you want to mention before we uh, close it up? Of course. Shout out my wife, Kim. Uh, if really wasn't for her and all the work that she does, you know, we really wouldn't exist, you know. Um, I'm out there on the forefront talking with the bands, but she's the one that really is the glue that keeps it together. Um, plus she's a pretty cool person. I love her, you know, (laughs) (laughs) gotta add that Uh, last bit in there. Yeah. If anybody's watching (laughs) yesterday, we were down. Um, I don't know if you guys know Alan Duchesne. He's this mastering engineer. He's worked for, he did Slayer, Lamb of God, God Mm. forbid. So Brick by Brick is working on the new album. Um, so since he's on my mind, he did a phenomenal job. A shout out to him and all the bands on our label, to be honest with you. It's, you know, without them, where would we be? And thank you yeah. to you guys as well for having me on. Yeah, hey, thanks thank for, for coming, coming on. Dude. This has been a great conversation. We Seriously. enjoyed it. Um, if we ever fucking see you at a show, we're going oh, to yeah. give you some shit. We'll do some shots. We've been known to do a shot or two. <laughs> Just a couple. Just a couple. Daniels all day, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we do Jameson, but we'll do Jack Daniels. We don't care. We don't I, uh, right. As long yeah. as alcohol is alcohol. Yeah, we don't I'll, care. I'll, I'll we don't care. My stomach. Um, that being <laughs> said, uh, we got to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. Uh, that's why we've been smoking that CBD the entire show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we have a CBD farm that sponsored us. It's Glue Vine Farms. Uh, they have a uh, dope ass line of CBD products. They uh, do flour, tinctures, oils, salts. Uh, they actually have legitimately improved my 
carpal tunnel uh, in the last um, two months. It's been dope. The uh, it's a veteran owned farm. Yeah, uh, veteran operated. Uh, amazing fucking guy to uh, to be partnered with. Uh, glad to have them. And then uh, just a couple quick shout outs to some uh, since we're here to some yeah. Detroit bands that we love working with. Uh, Yokai. Uh, Shout out to Acacia. <laughs> Smash your enemies. Don't forget fucking them. Yeah. Uh, part of Upstate Records. We love those guys. Oh, yeah. Um, Jesse. Annie Fred. Up. Yeah. Annie Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who else fucking from Detroit that we love working with? Uh, Red Lord. Did you say that? Red Lord. Yeah. 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 Fuck it. Um, that being said, Mario, uh, it's been a great fucking time. Oh, yeah, it has. Same here, fellas. Thank you. We Thank you so much. You, you guys you, are, dude. Thanks for coming on. Good luck with your podcast. It's fucking hey, killer. Man. You guys have great questions. Hey, thank you. thank you. We appreciate it. We'll talk yeah. to you soon, and we hope to see you eventually at a show. Hell, yeah. Got it. You right. got it. Hey, All we right, hope to have another uh, episode, too. That would be awesome. Yeah. Later down, on down the line. Down we'll the line. We'll evolved. figure it out. Cool. Love to, man. Oh, Love yeah. to. Great All time. Right. Hey, have a good night, Mario. You too. You too. Peace. Later.